Our passage from the first 13 verses of the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 25 is a parable about the ten virgins. Five are described as wise and five are described as foolish. What makes the difference? The five who are wise were prepared and the five who are foolish were not prepared. In this parable, being prepared was whether or not you had oil for your lamp, which made you ready for the arrival of the bridegroom. Now, Personally, I cannot read this passage without my being reminded of one of the greatest lessons that I learned while in the army. And it was not in the form of any formal training. Now, I was a parachute rigger, and that, therefore I was in the service company. All the various support positions that were assigned to the special forces to make the teams effective when they were on their mission. And so we had the parachute riggers, the cooks, the admin, everybody, the mechanics, everybody other than the team members. Now, on one of our jumps at the service company, we jumped into a training area, we did a short exercise on the ground, and then we made our way to where we would be staying the night. The point of the training was that short exercise, and when it was done, our need to remain tactical was over. And as a result, once we arrived where we would remain overnight, we were free to do whatever we wanted. And almost everyone headed off to the enlisted or the NCO clubs, seeing that those still existed at the time. And I was about to head out with the rest when I noticed two men working on their gear. They did a quick assessment of their rucksacks. They ensured that they were all as they were supposed to be. Then they prepared them to jump again for the next day, strapping them into the jump harness, attaching freshly inspected and folded lowering lines. Sergeant Paul Mills and Specialist Hans Amp were both 18 Deltas, Special Forces medics, and they were there to provide the medical support for our jump in case anyone was hurt. And they were now ready to jump again. Seeing them go through this process impressed me, and I followed their example. I inspected my rucksack. I made sure I had not lost anything. I, I tightened all the flaps and rigged it to jump again. It only took a few minutes, but now I was ready to go whenever called. Sure enough, the call came earlier in the morning than anybody wanted, and as others tried to put their rucks together, I picked up my rucksack and was ready, all because of a lesson learned from two men who had no idea that they were teaching it at the time. Now, who was ready? Those who were prepared. And who was not ready? Those who just did whatever they wanted without thinking about what was to come and what was going to be necessary when it came. And in this case, an early morning wake up and an early morning jump. Who was saved from what I will refer to as a high volume encouragement to suddenly get ready early in the morning? Well, it was those who were prepared. Now that occurred over 30 years ago. And it is what I think about whenever I read this passage about the ten virgins. Five wise and five foolish. Five prepared and five unprepared. The difference is, about 30 years ago, we did not leave anybody behind in the training area for the lack of being ready. 
And that difference, when we examine the parable, will prove to be a crucial difference. This, is a, this parable is one in which Jesus emphasizes the question, without ever saying it directly, are you ready to die? Now that may seem a strange assessment of a story about a wedding feast, but let's look at the story Jesus told. And to do that, and to understand it, we need to take a little bit of a look at the culture. Marriages at that time, much as they are still in a lot of the Middle East, were arranged. The couple would be betrothed, which a lot of people will refer to as an engagement, but it's much more than just an engagement. It is just as legally binding as being married. But the couple would not yet live together. Now, there's a few reasons this could be, one of which is to allow the girl to come of age if she's still too young. The other is to provide time for the husband to achieve financial stability, and frequently both of those are happening at the same time. The husband goes and prepares for their lives together. He establishes a job, obtains a home, and when actually ready to fulfill all of those duties as a husband, goes to the home of the bride's parents to claim his bride. When this happens, a large parade through the town would occur, going from the bride's parents' home to the home to the place prepared by the bridegroom. The parade for the bride, bringing her to her new home, would be accompanied by women who lit the way with their lamps. Now, a modern similarity would be the bridesmaids who walk the aisle preparing the way for the bride's big entry into the church in a wedding today. Now, returning to our parable, the bridegroom would arrive at the parents' home, the virgins, or the bridesmaids, if you will, light their lamp, and the parade through town begins with all of the people along the way cheering the couple and wishing them well. And upon arrival at the new home, the bride, the bridegroom, and all of those involved in the parade, in the wedding party, they enter and they enjoy the banquet. And it is here, in Jesus' telling of the parable, that Jesus said, and at that point, the bridegroom locked the door. Those who were in the wedding party, those that were there, those that were ready to move immediately upon his arrival, they got in to the wedding banquet. And those that were not, did not. And we remember what happened at the parents' house. Five wise virgins, bridesmaids, prepared. They had already made sure that they had enough oil for their lamps. They did what needed to be done to be ready for the parade from the parents' home to the place the bridegroom had prepared. Five foolish virgins these other bridesmaids, they did not prepare. They did nothing to obtain oil for their lamps. They did not do what was needed to be done to be ready for the parade, that which went from the parents' home to where the bridegroom had prepared. Let us review the characters in this parable. The bridegroom is, of course, Jesus. There's multiple scriptures that tell us that, or describe Jesus as the bridegroom. And the bridegroom's home is the kingdom of heaven. In the Gospel of John, Jesus specifically links these, the parable to his own existence, saying, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will return for you. The parent's home is our place here on earth. 
and the virgins, the bridesmaids, those are all the people of the earth. The banquet is the heavenly banquet that Jesus promises to those who trust in him for salvation. Again, Jesus' use of the wedding banquet being the celebration of being saved and in the kingdom of God is frequent through the scriptures. And then we have the foolish virgins begging for oil from the wise, but the wise prefer to give them any oil. And our lesson here is that each of us is responsible for our own preparation. Each of us is responsible to respond to the gospel message, to trust Jesus, to receive salvation, to, in the words of the parable, obtain our own oil. There is time. Every day a person is alive, there is time. When there is time, there is opportunity to help. Had the foolish asked the wise the very day before or even only hours before, how do I get more oil? I see that I'm running out. The wise could have and would have assisted the foolish in obtaining their oil, in obtaining salvation. When, however, the bridegroom comes, at that point, you are either prepared or you are not. We are each individually ready or we are not. If you've obtained your oil, your salvation, you will be enjoying the heavenly wedding banquet. If you have not obtained your oil, your salvation, you cannot beg it from anyone around you. You will arrive at the bridegroom's home and find the doors locked. And that is why it is crucial to respond now. To look to Jesus, the bridegroom, who has prepared a place for you and trust him. Trust him for his grace. Trust him for his mercy. Trust him for his desire for your presence in his kingdom. The problem is that trust in Jesus can be difficult because to do so, we have to be honest with ourselves so that we can be honest with Him. When we examine our own lives and see the faults and failures, those things that we have done or left undone, which we wish we could change, when we see these clearly and how far they are from God's ideal for our lives, it it can become difficult to trust that Jesus really will forgive. People look inside of themselves and think grace and mercy are for somebody else, but not for me. And they cannot get themselves to trust Jesus, to obtain their oil, to receive salvation. Such thinking is the work of the enemy of our souls. Jesus forgives even the most awful of sins, the most terrible of transgressions. At the very point of his death, Jesus spoke words of forgiveness to those who were killing him. And those killing him, well, that is all of us. The Bible makes it clear that it was the sins of all of humanity that placed Jesus on the cross. And when Jesus looked down from the cross and spoke his words of forgiveness, he addressed the crowd, the Roman soldiers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and everybody else who had a hand in getting Jesus crucified. Jesus spoke to them in person But Jesus was speaking to all of us through them when he said, forgive them. Will you find your oil? Admit your need for mercy and trust Jesus to forgive? Do you have your oil? Will you help others fill theirs? 
share Jesus' promise of mercy no matter what the offense the person has committed. That the mercy is there if the person will trust Jesus to give it while they still can. The bridegroom has gone to prepare a place for us. Be wise. Get ready. Have your oil for his return. Amen.